Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. So we're continuing in our living Jesus is greater, and I'm past the point of trying to explain everyone that I've done to this point. If um, you're interested in this topic, it you know, gets you, you know, excited um our youtube channel or our podcast all of them on there from the beginning of the year um so i'm past the point of like regurgitating all of that uh, there's that word i said it anna she's ruined that word evidently a couple weeks ago i said regurgitate a lot and i'm probably going to say it again because i've already said it twice and it's not <laughs> in anything with my message today um so the thing I want you to hear this morning is um, partially out of the prayer that we talked about a couple weeks ago is that we're we're for and Jesus being greater is for his kingdom come and not our kingdom come. So this morning I'm going to talk about something that we agree with but rarely live out. Who is the most important person in your life? Be honest. You don't have to say it out loud. Just think it in your head. If you were holy and you tried to say, Jesus, um, you know, that, that's the goal, that's the aim. You, you might even have said, you know, your wife or someone else. But the truth is, if we're going to be real honest, the most important person in our life is the one that we see in the mirror every morning when we hopefully brush our teeth. It's you. We go around telling people, um, this with not maybe our words, with our words we'll say everything, you know, other things are more important, but with our actions we'll communicate to them over and over again that we are the most important. And I know some of you are awesome, and I know sometimes when I overgeneralize, some of you that are doing really good are like, I'm living second, and if you want to be real holy, third, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, okay, um, there's a whole line of videos. You can look them up. I'm second, you know, which is second to the king. And if I'm going to be third, then, you know, you put your spouse in ahead of you. You can be fourth if you can put your kids in there. Um, but some of you are doing amazing, so uh, it's just the rest of us that need help. So if you're reading along with me in the one-year Bible, um, you read both of the accounts that I'm going to talk through today. And it was like, it was, I don't know about you, but like sometimes when you read things, you're like, oh my goodness. Like you see it kind of laid out and you're like, none of it's unintentional. So if you're like, why is this after that? Why is this and this? None of it's like, oh my gosh, that just happened to be there. Um, and you'll see today in two chapters, we see the same theme. Um, living Jesus is greater means his kingdom purpose should be greater than ours. It's easy to acknowledge, but again, it is very difficult to live. And so my question for you this morning is, do you want to hear what the Word's going to tell us? Uh, expectation uh, and a desire to have God speak to us um, is critical when we hear the Word. This is not me. I, I try to get as much of me. I mean, there's a lot of comedy in what I say up here just because that's who I am. But the, the meat of what I want to say to you hopefully isn't Heath trying to manipulate you. It's me trying to help you uh, live with what's going to be the best thing in your life, which is Jesus being greater. Let's pray. Jesus, soften our hearts. Lord, we inwardly, if we're going to be honest or selfish and self-centered, 
And most of our frustration and anger comes from us not getting what we desire. Lord, I pray that you would let your word speak to us today. That we would willingly and gladly take the second seat. That we would willingly and gladly become the servant of all. So that you would be glorified, so that you would be lifted up. So Lord, let your word speak today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start in Mark Chapter 9, verse 30, and um, if you're brand new here, there's usually a screen right there, and that screen typically works, and these verses would typically be there, but since they're not, your great device that you bring with you uh, has the Bible on it. I'm going to read out of an ESV if you want to know, if you want to be looking right at the same words. If not, open up your Bibles um, to Mark 9, starting in verse 30. In verse 30, it says, and he went on from there, passing through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them. He doesn't get any clearer than what he's getting ready to say, and he says it in two chapters back to back. So just in case you're clueless, or not not you're clueless, but you think that disciples are clueless to what's going on because they act like they're clueless as things are going, as things are happening. He says to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. You know, not not like abuse or, you know, they're going to imprison him. They're going to kill him. And when he is killed after three days, he will rise. (laughs) I love this. I love that it makes plain that the disciples don't get it. Because some of us sitting here in our chairs, we don't get it. And we feel like, man, it's just us. It's not just you. Look at this. But they did not understand um, the saying and and were afraid to ask him. Some of us, our problems would be remedied if we just ask questions. If we just look to clarify, because Jesus said clearly what's going to happen. And of course, they missed it. Seems pretty clear to us. He's going to die in the hands of men. And after a few days, he's going to come back. This is the good news. This is what he's there to do. Jesus didn't come just to teach and give us wisdom. Jesus came to lay his life down with us so that his blood would be the sacrifice necessary that we could stand face to face with the Father. 1 John four fourteen it says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. This is why he came. John 3:16 it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. These words were the pinnacle of what's going to happen on the cross. This is the preparation and the disciples are missing it. Like this is Jesus this is like this is what he's there for. And they are completely clueless, as we see by this conversation that follows. In verse 33, it says, And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked. Jesus asked questions because he knows the answers to them. (laughs) And he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. (laughs) For on the way, they had argued with one another, About who was the greatest. 
And he sat down and called the twelve to him. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. So Jesus just tells the disciples, hey, I'm going to die. This is what's happening to me. And right after that conversation, they have a conversation with each other of going, who's who's ranked of the twelve? Who's the highest? Who's the greatest amongst us? So Jesus tells them, I'm going to die. And out of this death conversation, they're worried about who's going to be the greatest. And we, we sit here astonished that they would even have that conversation. And we'll get, we'll get to a little bit of why I think it hits a little closer to home than we want it to. So he tells them that you must be a service, servant of all in verse 36. And I'm going to explain this and make a strong appeal for you to serve in kids ministry. I'm not even going to like sneak that in there. I'm just going to tell you out front. He must be last of all and the servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them and asked him uh, and taking him in his arms. He said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Okay. Servant of all. And he just said, those that are desiring to be first, you're going to be last. Those that are going to be last are going to be first. And you must be a servant of all. You know who is the least likely, sorry, the least likely in this culture that we're reading this text of to serve a child? The men, the 12 disciples, they would be the least likely. None of them that we are, we're aware that um, Peter was married because it talks about his wife later on. We don't know if he had children or not, but most of them most likely were not married. So they weren't thinking about children or caring for children. And right after this encounter, people are bringing Jesus' children to be blessed. And and they're like, get away. Jesus is too important. (laughs) That's not in the scripture. But they're trying to shoo them away. And Jesus said, bring the children to me. For this is who the kingdom is for. And he's telling these guys who were just arguing who's better than who, who's greater than who. How are we listed in the greatness of the apostles? And he's saying, hey, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you've got to be the servant of all. And he brings a child which would be the least likely to be served by these people. And he says, how you receive him It's like receiving me and not just me, but the one who sent me. So their service isn't just so that they can serve. Their service is actually paying honor to God. Okay, here here it comes. I told you it was coming. Kids ministry is probably one of the most valuable things that you can do serving. You want to know why? Because they ain't going to give you anything back. And it's probably not going to be amazing for you. Because you know what's amazing about kids? Is they're not interested in your feelings or being your best friend. They want what they want. Right? Come on, parents. And Jesus is his, his bringing it into this place of going, hey, you want to show the service. Serve the one who can't give you anything back. You know, you're not going to get a 10 spot on the way out of serving at kids ministry. A kid be like, hey, good job. Good job, teacher. Here's a hundred dollar bill. They're not. They're going to be like, you got a sucker. You, you got you got some gum. 
You got, you got, you got something for me? That's what they're leaving. They're not, most likely, I know sometimes this has happened, sorry for the teachers, you know, they're not going to walk up to you and go, this just changed my life. This moment right here impacted my world. But you hear stories of adults that that very thing happened, but the child isn't thinking, I need to build your spirits. The child is thinking, this world is about me. And Jesus is saying to the adults who have gotten their brains in their hands, finally figuring things out, hey guys, it never was about you. And as you grow up, you, were, you realize more and more so that it's not about you. Like if you want to figure out, if you want to learn how selfish you are and you're not married, get married. Because you're like, I'm ready to love someone. And then you get married and you be like, this person is driving me crazy. <laughs> and then once you've mastered that, you have children. And if you want to figure out how selfish you are, have children and then have another one and another one. <laughs> because <laughs> that's... God's, I think, trying to give us a lesson. Because right here, when they see and hear the most beautiful thing that we, thousands of years later, are still moved by, they branch off into a conversation of who's better than who. Which is stupid. It's missing everything. So at the end of service, you can go over there and sign up and just put Reach Kids on there. And um, uh, last week, I said you could have two shirts, and I still hold to that. You want two shirts? Sign up for kids' ministry. (laughs) And so right after this, you have this conversation where the kids come to Jesus. And then you have this weird conversation about a a young man, a young rich person coming up to Jesus and saying, "What, what, what must I do to get saved? And he boils the conversation down to, you know, because he wants the law. Like, oh, I've done that, I've done that. And he's still missing something. What am I missing? Go and sell everything that you have and come and follow me. And he doesn't want to give up the thing that he desires, which is the thing that is elevated above Jesus, the money. He doesn't want to get rid of that because that's his identity. That's who he is. So he leaves sad. And Jesus goes on to say, like, how difficult it is for a rich man to enter into heaven. Let me just tell you. Just in case you you don't know the stats and you're like, good thing I'm not rich. Just by sitting in this room, you're in the like top 95 percentile of wealth. 95, you're richer than 95% of the world. Because most of you have a place to live. Most of you have a car that you drove here in. And most of you have a bank account with some money in it. Just by your income, I think if you make over $25,000 a year, you're in that night, you're like, no, 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 no. $25,000 a year put you in 90, above 95 percentile of everyone else. And most of us in this room make more than $25,000 a year. Rich. And the problem with money is that money will become our God. Money will become our security. Money will become our identity. And it's dangerous. And so all of this happens. And, and Peter, I love Peter. He's like, then who can be saved? 
Oh, I don't. And then he goes on to go, we've given up everything. We have no house. We follow you around. Kind of like telling Jesus, like, what do we get? And he tells him, he said, you'll get rewarded in this life and in the one to come. Especially when our minds get changed. And so right after this, and we don't know how long between verses nine or chapters nine and chapter 10, we don't know how much time has passed, but they're intentionally put in this order for us. But look at what's getting ready to happen again. Chapter 10, verse 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. This Remember the conversation that just happened? Like, no one's getting into heaven. Like, we're not sure about this. And, and Jesus tells them, you know, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And talking to them, uh, <clears throat> and talking to the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him. Just told them. One chapter earlier. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man, just in case you're confused, that's a, a term for the Messiah, it's the term for a term for Jesus. The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days he will rise. Plain as day. This is where they need to be worshiping of what God's doing for them. Because they need this to happen. He must do the Father's work, the work of restoration. He will finish the mission. Nothing is going to stop him. Even having disciples that have spent three years with him still missing the point. And this gets even worse. This isn't a conversation with the disciples figuring out who's the best. This is the sons of thunder. James and John, they're the brilliant ones that came up to Jesus after Jesus was rejected by a city. Do you want us to call down fire from heaven on this place? That's what they said. Have they ever called down fire from heaven? Probably not. Why did they come up to Jesus and say, hey, hey, do you want, do you want us to do this? We're about, to, about to burn them to the ground. And Jesus was like, oh my God. Why? So verse 35, it says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, I think it's very prim and proper. They probably straightened their little shirts. Teacher. I just love the state. We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Genie. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Verse 37. And they said to him, grant us to sit one on the right side. That's my left. One on the right side and one on the left in your glory. He just told them verses before I'm going to die. I'm going to. Raised back to life, they're still thinking and expecting that Jesus is going to establish an earthly kingdom and he's going to boot Rome. And they're going to have their place of worship again. They're going to be 
powerful again. They're going to have rule and reign again. And James and John want, in an earthly sense, to be seated in the seats of power on the right and left of the king. Verse 38, and Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink that cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? They're linking. Yes, yes, we can do it. (laughs) They have no idea that the cup that they're going to drink is death. And the baptism they're going to drink or be experienced is also death, which they will later. Listen to this, verse 39. And they said to him, we are able. I am man, hear me roar. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at the right hand and at my left hand is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, yes. When the ten heard it, they began to be indignant with James and John. Especially Peter. Peter's like, I'm the best. He's not saying it, but he's thinking it. Like, the three of us, when Jesus takes us away, I'm top of you two. No. Verse 41, it says, When the turn hit, they were indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. You see this pattern? And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. So he moved it from servant to slave. So in case you didn't miss this. When I said servant earlier, I'm moving this to slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Look, Jesus being greater is where we're heading. This is the purpose of of our existence, for us to live lives where Jesus is greater. And the only way that we can get there is stop thinking that the story is about you. It's hard. Look, I'm going to... I know it was raw last week and uh, probably more transparent if you're new to our church than probably you've ever experienced in your world before of a pastor. Uh, now you're thinking, I wasn't here. You should go listen to it. Um, <clears throat> but this is difficult. Because so much of this we want to make about us. So much of this I want to make about us. I'm sitting over there going, you stupid projector. You're making me look bad. Do you hear that? Do you think God's dethroned because of this Epson projector? Do you think he didn't receive the worship that we gave him, even though 80% of the words, because I failed to put one of the sheets on my corner, were wrong as I sang them. But I sang them. (laughs) Because he is. And this is something that you're going to have to fight for because our world is telling you this is about you. 
every commercial that you watch. This is about you or about you missing out on being a better you by having fill in the blank. And Jesus is as clear as he can be all throughout the Gospels that this was never about you. And the more you make it about you, the less it's going to be about him. Even if we seem very religious and very put together. Because the Pharisees looked very religious and very put together. And everyone else other than Jesus thought that they had put Jesus in the right place. Put God in the right place. And you know what? They hadn't. It was about them. It was about wearing the clothes to be recognized. It was about being called rabbi. It was about the seat of honor. It was about all these other things. And we can do it over and over and over again. Some of us in this room are frustrated with God because we made a deal with him. And your deal went something like this. I'll do X and you do Y. And you did X, whatever X was, served, attended, gave, fill in the blank. And some of us are angry that God hasn't done his Y yet, whatever that is. Helped in our finances. Saved. Fill in the blank. Taken away this anxiety or depression. And some of us are still trying to work in an equation that was... God God never gave us. God never made an agreement with you that if you do the things that he wants you to do, he'll give you whatever. God just said... Look, serve me, love me, and in the end, it'll be worth it. If, if Reach ever communicated to you, or any other church you were ever in, communicated to you that there's a deal that you can make with God to get what you want, they lied to you. Period. The deal is, we get eternal life. In a world that he'll recreate. That won't have any of this garbage in it. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no death. There'll be no anger. Could you imagine in a place. In existence. With friends and family. And they're going to be friends and family. If you've never met them. And not have one vile thought. That comes to your head. I was driving down the road the other day. And my wife pointed out some of my sin issues. She's like, I don't know why you have road rage. I don't know either. I'm really praying to the Lord over it. But I was on uh, Martin Luther King yesterday. And this car, I won't mention it, didn't look like any of you guys. I looked right into his eyes. He rolled up on me like I was going 10 miles an hour. And I was speeding. Not excessively, but I was speeding. I wasn't going the speed limit. I was over the speed limit. He rolled up on me like I was walking. And, you know, you're too close when you can't see headlights. I could see his window. And I was just like. "Mm." And he went around me and I'm like, you idiot. And my lovely bride, who we just celebrated 24 years of marriage on Monday. (laughs) Said, you do the same thing. (laughs) Burn. Because she's not. And I I tried to justify my sin. I said, I'd never get that close to people. But I I do similar things, and I'm really trying to work on that. But imagine a world where you didn't think anything 
your first thought would be like they they're they're not lying they're not holding anything back they're they have their my best interest in hand that's the world that we get promised for eternity and we get the only problem with it is that we have to live here until we get there and jesus is going to do everything in his power to help you become like the person that you're going to naturally be there here And it's painful because we get confronted by things that we're doing wrong. And I didn't like it when she said it because I knew she was right. And almost always my frustration with my wife is she sees the truth. She tells me the truth when I don't want to hear it. She's like the Holy Spirit. I mean, she she isn't always right, but she's pretty close. Pretty close. But that's... That's the world we live in that God's trying to pull us to this place because the happiest place you're going to live is when you stop making this world about you. And, and my, my push for you today is if this is resonating with you, resonating to the point that you feel convicted and you feel like, man, I, I've not, I'm not letting Jesus be in the place that he should. He, I'm not letting him be as great as he should be right now because I'm making more of this about me. Maybe it's the deal that you made with God that he's not. The the deal that he did not sign. The deal that you thought he signed for you. And so what I would like to invite you in today is confess that. Confess that you've made this about you. Whatever that is. And ask God to help you. Be what he's designed you to be. I had another one of those mornings this morning where, because I get up early on other days, 5 a.m. And for like the next hour and a half, I kind of did the other week what I talked about when I was praying. I just, I just prayed, like literally as I was conscious, I just asked the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I need your help. I want to be filled by you. And I just like little prayer, like as, as I was conscious, that's all I was like. And you're thinking, man, he's really spiritual. I'm not. Not as much as I should. And I want us to get in this place that our thought life is about what can I do to be more like Jesus. And not even striving to do it on your own, but more surrendering to his help to help you be what you've been called to be because if you work at it on your own strength you may get somewhere but it will not be where you want to be you'll be in an even deeper hole of it being about you because then it's your work and your righteousness and your good efforts and then you'll be even more so god why haven't you done this for me because look at all these things i've done for you if he never gives you anything other than salvation it is enough If your life is utter misery for the rest of your life on this planet, his salvation is enough. When we get to a place that we can acknowledge that, the good days that we will get, we'll love. I'm going to invite our worship team back up. And I'm going to pray for us. Because the truth is, We, and when I say we, I mean all of us, not we, and I really mean you or you or you. I feel bad when I point 
and it feels like I'm point I'm not. When I make eye contact with people, I'm not. <laughs> Especially that like I feel like this has been my target audience and they're like, What did I do? <laughs> Nothing. I just I get fixated on looking a certain direction. Hello. <clears throat> the truth is, um, if we don't get this right, we'll ruin others other people's perspective of the church. Because they see through the shroud that we think we're living in that, that makes us look like really good Christian people. When truthfully, we're doing most of this just for me. And so I, I implore you, I encourage you to confess that. Because your road to happiness is not paved with good, inta- good intentions. It's paved with surrender. And if you want that, if you want to get this to this place that you, you hear the words of Jesus and you're, you're trying your best to surrender to him every day as you drive poorly like me or as you do all the other things that you do and you're like, this isn't what God's called me to do and you try in your effort to be what he's called you to be, surrender is the best way towards what he has for you. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, you know what's going on in our heart. You know where we've made this about us. Lord, you know where I've made this about me. And Lord, I pray that you would you just pour over this room a humility to stop trying to defend ourselves and stop trying to make it not seem like it's as bad as it is. Lord, I pray that we would just acknowledge with full surrender and repentance to you that, Lord, we want your kingdom come and your will be done. And, Lord, that's going to take moment by moment action on our part to surrender over and over again. And Lord, I pray over those in this room right now that feel like utter failures because they cannot fix whatever is going on. And Lord, I pray that right now, surrender would be their path to restoration. Surrendering to you, the one that loved us so much, that he came here in the flesh, that he willfully, willingly went to the cross pay the penalty for us. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just be people surrendering to salvation that leads to heaven, that we would be people that surrender to salvation that leads to life now. That's what we want. And so, Lord, I pray that you would hear uh, our confessions, that you would hear our repentance, and that you would hear our desire to be your children to get this right that we would be the servants of all because we're serving you and you alone we pray these things in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to today's message for more information be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com 